0: This is the 12 Songs of Christmas. I'm Alex Rawls, and this is my podcast about Christmas music. If you hear beeping and banging in the background, sorry, but New Orleans has torn up the road beside my house and has now gone to work on the next block. I'd love to wait for pristine silence behind me, but since we don't get notification about when they're going to work, I never know when I might get that. I hope it's not too bad, and I appreciate your patience. This week's interview is one I've been looking forward to. I first saw Cheap Trick when they were touring behind In Color. But really, at that time in the mid-70s, they toured constantly and stopped just long enough to make a record every six months. When I saw them, I was there for Kiss, who were headlining. But Cheap Trick was everything I thought I was going to get from Kiss, minus the makeup and the pyro. Kiss lumbered around the stage, weighed down by the crazy stack platform boots, and they moved as if choreographed. And to some extent, they probably were. They had to be in the right place for the right pose at the right time. And they couldn't move too freely around the stage or they could end up in a flashpot. Cheap Trick moved anarchically around the stage with nothing to tie them down but the moments when they needed to be on mic to sing. So they were more fun and more energetic. And I walked away from the show with three or four of their songs already engraved in my memory, even after two hours of Kiss's earworm metal. There are periods of Cheap Trick I like better than others, but I've never checked out entirely, and they've always been a solid rock band with ridiculous hooks. Today I'm talking with bassist Tom Peterson of Cheap Trick for two reasons. A. They have a new album, In Another World, which is really good. And B. They have a Christmas album. They released Christmas Christmas in 2016, and it's the Christmas album you'd expect from Cheap Trick if you expect them to have one at all. They hone in on the rock and roll Christmas canon and don't fool around with the standards. Only going back to the classics for Silent Night and Please Come Home for Christmas. Otherwise, they do Christmas songs by The Kinks, Slade, Wizard, Harry Nilsson, and more, sprinkling in a couple of their own originals along the way. Usually, I start the show by sharing one of my Christmas favorites, but today I'm going to stick with Cheap Trick because, frankly, Peterson drops in and out of the Christmas conversation while we talk. Years of doing phone-in interviews with radio stations have built up certain reflex muscles, and he talks about the things he wants to talk about, and since Christmas music is not something he's typically asked about, it's a subject he deals with briefly before moving on. Rather than turn our conversation into a tug-of-war, I went with him to a great extent. Not so much that we bailed on Christmas entirely— But I didn't try to pull them back as often as I might have. So that you can hear more of their Christmas album, which I think is really good, I'm going to start with it in Merry Christmas, Darlings, a song they wrote that does so many of the things that makes Cheap Trick great, including a cheerfully decadent vocal by Robin Zander. We'll start there, then come back on the other side to talk about In Another World, Christmas, Christmas, and more with Tom Peterson of Cheap Trick on 12 Songs.
1: When hearts are full of you, touch you. So man-
0: Did I read correctly that you had uh, in another world done before before the COVID shutdown?
2: Yes, yeah, it was done in 2019, and we were going to put it out at the beginning of last year, 2020, and that didn't happen. So it was all finished before any of this went down. Even though it doesn't sound like that, it sounds like so much of it relates to what was going on. But it really was such a coincidence.
0: What was it like to have a finished album sitting in the can for a year?
2: Well, we weren't really thinking of it that way because of all the other stuff that was sure. going on. I mean, well, we it was more unusual to us to not be able to work at all. That really never happened. Having stuff in the can, that's always a good thing. It's like, okay, we, can, we know we can use this for something. We don't have to, you know. It's always good to have as much as you can in the can. Right. We don't have that much because we, you know, release records a lot. So we don't have like a million things backlogged. But it's like, okay, we've got a record there. But, you know, but it was, uh, that. it really, it that wasn't unusual. But to not being able to tour at all, now that really was something we're not used to.
0: Was it ever tempting to go in and mess with it some more to to tweak it or you know second guess the you know choices you'd already made well not really once it gets mixed and it's done
2: you know then you're you're off the hook you're just like okay we've done this that's as good as we can get i mean until it's actually released it's never really done but honestly we when we finish a record we're not really even thinking about that record anymore. I, it's, we're on to the next. Okay, what's, what are we going to do next? Okay, we did that. That's done. Now let's see. Okay, what are we going to do the next time we go in? You know, that'll be in a, in a year or something. We've got, oh, I got these ideas. Hey, listen to this. Check this out. A couple of the things went in late on that record that, you know, we thought it was done, and then we, you know, we came up with a couple of ideas. It was like everybody said, yeah, that really is cool. Let's do that. Too, you know, so I think So It Goes was one of those songs that came in at the end and final days was where we thought the thing was done. Like, hey, look, check these things out. It's like, wow, okay, let's do those too. But overall, that thing was done in 2019. But hey. to sit on having the can, that's just kind of like gravy, like, great. You're like, great. <laughs> we don't have to do that again. They got that one at least.
0: Well, I guess the reason I ask, I, I wonder. You know, if an album means something different to you at this point in your career, you know, not, when you not are not really
2: no, it's it's that you know we want to do something we're really proud of that we can play for our peers, our friends, you know, and it, you know that we're proud of, whether it's successful or not. It doesn't have any bearing on that as to what we put on records. We don't know what people want to hear. We don't know, yeah, you know, not that we don't know, but we don't. Well, we don't really. We just do these things for our own enjoyment and it's really music that we personally want to hear ourselves so luckily we the guys in the band generally have the same taste in music so we like basically the same kind of things it's not like one guy's off and you know wants to do polka music and one guy wants to do freeform jazz it's not like that at all <laughs> get a ridiculous comparison but what
0: the hell but are there things that for, are, are there things that you like, you know, better than they do or things that they like better than you do? Yeah, but, uh, you mean different songs I mean, on different records? I mean, more likely, like, well, yeah. you know, are, is, is, there, is there somebody who really, really likes a, melo- uh, a very melodic song and is there somebody who really just, you know, who want, who would be happy if y'all just hit it as hard as you can as often as possible?
2: Not really. It just depends on the songs. It's kind of like when people had, when people, people will give us songs like, "Oh, here's a perfect song for you guys to cover to do," or "Here's a song I, you know, we wrote for you." And it's always something that, yeah, it sounds like us, but we already do that. We're really if somebody was going to come up with song ideas for us, we'd prefer it to be something that we didn't think of. Like, hey, that's wow! I wish I'd thought of that. That's a that's really cool. It's so it's something usually kind of off the wall. So, you know, we do what we do anyway. We don't need to hear, you know, you know, record people's songs that sound like us in the first place. That we already do that. Sure. So I don't know. You know, we're just, you know, we just try to make the best record we can.
0: That's in our own
2: opinion that we can play for, you know, our friends and like, oh, that's cool. You know, yeah. it's like a, it's kind of like a hobby that's gone well. you know we're lucky we've had enough success where we can afford to continue so that part's good
0: so how did it feel to have time off the road and spend time at home
2: well it's something we're not used to but it's nice you know i mean we you know not have to be in a different city every day you know that that's nice but it's just something different but it I think for us, it gives you time to work on new material. Like I said, we're on to the next one. What's next? Oh, yeah, I got, I got all these ideas for the next record. So, we're, you know, you're, you've always got that outlet. Like, okay, you can, you're coming up with song ideas kind of all the time. Anytime you sit down with a guitar or a bass in your hotel room or you come home and, you know, the first thing you do is you sit down with a guitar and start playing, oh, I got this idea for a riff or I got this chord, melody and chorus idea. We're always thinking about that. So it's always on to the next one, and it's so it's nice, you know. Are we've you, got some reason to, to go on. We got to make the perfect record, whatever sure. that would be. You know. Are you That's, good at you being? Know, that off, would never
0: happened. Are you good at being off the road?
2: Yeah, you know, it's just it's because we uh, it, it's just something different, you know. It's just uh, we've got no, you know. Do I miss being in airports and on a bus and all that? Uh, not really. <laughs> that that stuff, it, they always say, you know, getting there is half the fun. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so th- there's plenty of stuff that you don't like that you that are glad is not happening. But on the other hand, you miss all sorts of different elements to it. It's not all good. It's not all bad. You know, and uh, there's a lot of good elements to it that you do miss. But on the other hand, it's not. it's nice not to have to go anywhere. Here comes
1: the summer, the summer.
2: part of our success is that we kind of had to keep working. You know, we were successful enough to be able to work, but we couldn't stop. Right. So we were always kind of, at the I would say at the top of our game, kind of always, you know, cause we were always kind of working, not nonstop, but you know, all year and we were do consistent shows all the time. And it's unusual for us to take a few weeks off. Even. That was like, wow, a few, few weeks. Whoa. It's unheard of. We're not gone you know, for two years at a time, or right? I think we're play a few weeks, you're back for a week, it's a day here and there, you know, kind of on and off all the time. Right. I think the kind of, almost the worst part of it is you can't make plans to do anything else. You're kind of always on call. For sure. So, but I don't know. You just get used to the situation. So I don't know what happened. You asked us when we have to go back out again. <laughs> yeah. So now what do you think? Like, Oh yeah. Now I'm used to being at home. I don't know. Yeah. You, know, you get used to, we're used to being in every damn situation, you know, s- sleeping in a different bed every night, sleeping in a in a, in a bunk, in a, you know, in a bus, go, you know, it, 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 everything is different. We're not used to having the same thing, you know, any consistency.
0: We're just always
2: all over the place.
0: Right.
2: Like, oh, I need my favorite pillow here. It's like, pillow? You know, <laughs> if anybody has a pillow case, I can put my laundry in it. That's my pillow, you know? ha, <laughs> ha.
0: You know, one of the things I've always liked about Cheap Trick is I think that you know fans can hear the bands you like in your music, and I think it's you know it's really clear that you know you're fans of rock and roll. In addition to obviously making it, is it hard yeah. to stay a fan of bands after so long in the business? A, a fan of bands in general, or just our... I mean, no, of, of yeah, of bands. I mean, the bands that you the bands that you like, or the bands that you liked. Uh, is it hard to? does being in the business change your relationship to the music that you've loved and the musicians you've no, loved? No, because
2: that—that's the kind of thing where you have no real choice into what strikes you or what you like. You know, Right. you can try to like certain things or like, oh, okay, yeah, that's interesting and all that. But some things, you know, you can't help it. There's no accounting for taste. You know, it's like, I can't believe I like that song. It's like, they're like flowers, you know, or somebody else will hear something and go, God, I just love this. Like, oh my God, that's awful. Awesome. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I guess. So, no, not really. It's like, if you hear something like, wow, it's always something that you, you hear something that's so great that you just love it. But on the other hand, something kind of dies inside of you. It's like, damn it. wish I'd thought of that. Right. <laughs> so, it's like, I love that. But on the other hand, like, dang, that's it's like, oh my God, that is so good. Like, I, I suck, right? It's just, why can't I come up with an idea like that? You know, so it, you know how it is. It's, you just you hear music and it just strikes a chord with you, so to speak. It's like you can't help it.
0: Yeah. You know, in recent years, I mean, you've covered Bowie and uh, Velvet Underground and Harry Nilsson and mm-hmm. and then on your and on your Christmas album, you covered you know Slade and uh, Wizard and Ramones. And basically, right. some of the great, some of the great uh, rock uh, Christmas songs. Where did the idea for that album come from?
2: Oh, well, our record label just decided. They said, "Look, you, we, it'd be cool if you did a Christmas record. You, you can, all you have to do is one of them, and then you can <laughs> <you> keep <laughs> releasing it every year." We're like, "Oh, okay, that sounds good to us." But we were really not that into it. It's like, ah, well, okay, whatever. Okay, we'll we'll put you in the studio and just. They're like, well, we don't really, we don't want to just do all the standards, little drummer boy or whatever, you know, all that stuff. That, So we just thought, well, let's, what are some of the groups we like? What do they do for Christmas songs? You know, and usually those songs weren't giant hits. Sometimes, you know, like Roy Wood or something had, you know, Slade, there were big hits in England, but a lot of the stuff was not heard anywhere else. Right believe you know the kinks okay let's do their what what do they do at christmas like you know so we started looking at different groups that like yeah that's a cool song you know like boy that kink song i don't know that let's make that more like the who doing the kinks what happened was we started doing a record and it was way more fun than we thought it was going to be and it was way better than we thought it was going to be like, hey, this thing really is good. <clears throat> you know, <laughs> so we were like really pleasantly surprised like, wow, this isn't just some dopey Christmas record like a throwaway thing as which would have been something we wouldn't normally do. You know, we didn't want to do that kind of a thing. So we were like, okay, we'll try this and it's like, wow, this really yeah, let's do uh, that song and uh, let's make it sound like Oh, and from the Beatles. It's like, all right, you know, you can kind of jump around and steal things from other people and put them in somebody else's song. It's like, wow, that's cool. You know, we were, it was fun. And it's, you know, we had a bunch of cool songs to work with. And we did, you know, a few of our own songs, too. But we didn't have to come out and write 12 Christmas songs ourselves. You know, we've already had people that had success with these. Okay, well, you know, or at least somebody somewhere thought these songs were great, us included, yeah. so let's go for it. But, and we can keep releasing it every year, and maybe we'll get lucky.
0: Yeah, it's a great record.
2: Uh, yeah, know. I think it's great, too. We were really pleasantly surprised. I think that's one of the records we had no clue that it was going to come out that good. Yeah, I, I don't know if that many people have heard it, but, you know, there you go. That's, just, that's the story of our career.
0: Yeah, right. like, yeah
2: if we like it personally, that's all we can do. And, you know, that we go, you know, hope for the best.
0: I I have to say, I thought, um, Merry Christmas, Darlings was, is, is one of the, for me, one of the great sort of rock Christmas songs in that I, I love, I, I love Robin's delivery on it. It has all of the rock and roll attitude, all of kind of the backstage party, but it also has Christmas. And so it nicely combines a handful of things.
2: Yeah, it's different because that's one of the, you know, it's not every song on there was really a something you would expect to say, oh, you know, like, not that song again. You know, there were a few on there, but I think we tried to make them different. You know, we did, you know, Run Run Rudolph, okay? Yeah, everybody does that song. But we thought, you know, let's make that thing sound like, uh, let's do that, but let's do it like, how would Status Quo do this? <laughs>
1: Some
2: <laughs> random thing like, okay, cool. It sounds like Status Quo doing Run Run Rudolph, you know?
0: I gotta ask, growing up, what was your relationship to Christmas music?
2: Oh, I don't. I didn't have any really. It's just you know, just the kind of thing you were stuck listening to every year. You're just sick of the same old songs. So I liked the uh, you know the, the Beatles Christmas fan records. Those were hilarious. You know, those weren't proper records. They were just done as a joke.
1: But
0: right.
2: I but generally, no, I had no feeling about you know, Christmas music. It's just something you had to hear. Sure. So that, you know, for a couple months, a year, whether you wanted to or not, like,
1: oh my God,
2: it's still going on, you know, but, but we tried to change it up a bit. If we did things that, you know, people did to, uh, you know, that people were, didn't hear a lot. We want to make it different
0: right? And, and, make it different and not ruin it at the same time. right? So. That, that's the challenge. One of, the, one, one of my favorites on there is, uh, I wish it was Christmas today. Uh, the song that started on Saturday Night Live. Um, where did that oh yeah,
2: that's right. I'm trying to think which which what song was that? It was that was uh, the did the guy from uh, the Strokes, right. Have something to do with that?
0: Yes, yeah. he also did a version of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's funny you said that. Yeah, that's not a song you'd expect. I guess I don't know who all covered that song. Maybe no one.
0: These days, I actually I I've, I have since found it is now the indie rock Christmas song. That I've oh really uh, yeah, I've now found on uh, Bandcamp about 20 versions of it um, as sort of as it's the song that's now left to be discovered, and uh, the Christmas song that's somehow new and there, that and that also rocks. Uh, how did y'all end up doing that song?
2: You know, I don't remember I don't know how that came up because we were all kind of trying to come up with songs that wouldn't be so obvious. You know, it it, it wasn't Little Drummer Boy, you know that kind sure. of a thing. Nothing against that song in particular, but you know, like oh god, I got to hear that thing again. You know, whatever. You know, Mariah Carey song you hear ten million times, and everybody covers it. And like, here we go. Yeah, we did. We didn't come up with a decent version of something like that, but it's it's not so hard when you're you know covering a Ray Davies song or Roy Wood. It's like wow, you got these great writers, and like let's change that up or let's do a T Rex. Did we do a T-Rex Christmas song? I don't know if he ever did any. I guess if Boland had done it, we would have done it. I don't remember, but...
1: Is near. I don't care what anyone says. Christmas is full of cheer. All I know is that Santa's sleigh is making its way to the USA. I wish it was Christmas to day. I wish it was Christmas to day. I wish it was Christmas to day.
0: Is that a way that y'all talk about, about songs when you're figuring them out? That to sort yeah, of, to if you're going, another... oh, that sounds
2: like, you know, Faith Healer or something, you know,
0: Alex Harvey. Cool, you know. We just, you know, we're like the fans
2: of, you know, and usually we're a pretty good reverse barometer. If something is, if we really love something, usually that is the kiss of death and it won't be <laughs> a big success. Not always, but, and vice versa, stuff that's really a huge success. We're like, oh, and it's not because it's a success. It's just like, oh, God. Again, there's no accounting for taste. Like Jesus, I'm like that'll never get anywhere. And you know, the next thing you know, we're you know now these guys, they're horrible. We're not they're not going to get anywhere. And next thing you know, we're opening for them. Right. So there, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, it's always like you're in this little clique. You know, it's like it's like you're a kid, like a teenager, like you like certain groups, and if if you don't like a group, they suck. Right. Well, they don't suck, necessarily. Maybe they do, but, you know, it's like, if you don't like something, oh, that's no good. you like that, Ugh. You know, and you're like, kind of, you got this crowd that likes certain things, and we're just, you know, we just luckily like basically the same sort of stuff. You know, the stones, the kings, the animals, you know, the beetles, you know, whatever. But it keeps going. It's not just that stuff. It goes into the 70s and 80s and whenever, you know? Sure. And we just throw together, a combination of that kind of stuff. We always hear, you know, people will say to us, like, oh, such and, such and such a band, really? they were the You were the biggest influence on them, and they really are, you know, like, you know, cheap trick. We listen to them, it's like, really? <laughs> 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 not well, like
0: it. Sounds like the kinks to me.
2: You know, like, okay.
0: Now, the, uh, you know, but the thing is, I'm sure is the case, that, there are often people you influence someone in ways that isn't obvious to, that isn't obvious from their sound that it may be your approach or some, or something else about what you do that ends up making a, making a big impression.
2: Yeah. I suppose, you know, the Beatles, they didn't sound exactly like the Everly brothers or or Buddy Holly, but you know, close. Sure. It's It's just a different thing. You can see like, Oh, I can see the influence. Like, Oh, cool. Yeah, take that element and combine that with, you know, wh- whatever, the, you know, you know, rockabilly, and you throw in, you know, whatever combination of things you grew up with, and it just becomes your own thing. If it doesn't become your own thing, then, then you get sued. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> you better make it your own thing, you know.
0: So I want to go back for a moment because I realized after we passed it that. You mentioned that you were a fan of the uh, Beatles Christmas uh, records, uh, the Beatles uh, yeah. the fan club uh, releases. Did you get those in real time or did you discover those later?
2: No, that wasn't in real time. That stuff, I don't know, no, we had no access to really anything. Sure. You know, we would, we would get, you know, New Musical Express and uh, Melody Maker and stuff like, you know, it'd come over on a ship because it was cheaper. It was expensive anyway. So you couldn't you kind of couldn't get any information about anything. Right. It's, it's, you know, it's completely the opposite today where there's so much information that it's confusing. Back then it was confusing because you couldn't find anything out about anything. Right. And you, the only way you'd find out about new music is you would, you would read critics' reviews of, you know, artists and records and stuff and you got to know what that critic liked and you liked his taste so you could go by that. You could go, yeah, this guy and and NME said that this, this this group, Sensational Alex Harvey, is a you know is great. Okay, well then you'd get that without hearing it, and you you know they'd be you know very often right. So you'd try to find out any information you could, but yeah, I know that Beatles stuff. That stuff wasn't available to you know. Yeah, we didn't you didn't have the kind of money. You couldn't really just you know bought, where would you get something like that? We had no you know like the Beatles or the British Invasion like these people came from outer space or something I don't know where right. where were these guys wow we're missing missing the boat here you know
1: everywhere it's Christmas everywhere it's all. London hey! oh, and New York and Tokyo Hong Kong oh everywhere it's Christmas and I am off to join the charm everywhere it's Christmas at the end of every year oh everywhere, everywhere. End of every I that. Every
2: yeah, I suppose if I had joined the Beatles fan club and of which I didn't do, but it's a, uh, you know, we were just desperate.
1: Sure. I mean,
2: at that time you were so desperate to see anything musical that you'd be watching the Lawrence Welk show, like, yep. hey, the guy's got the, pe- the guy in the band playing a Telecaster. You know, I hate this show, but you know, I was watch Ozzy and Harriet because Ricky Nelson might be on there at the end with his band. You know, like that. There was no way to hear anything, right, or see anything like that. So you were just desperately like, oh, wow, that, the theme song for Green Acres. Wow, what's that great uh, guitar uh, uh, tone? You know, yeah. that sort of. It sounds ridiculous now, but you were just desperate to find anything
0: out I remember watching the uh, the uh, Bing Crosby Christmas special that Bowie was on because you just (laughs) because you just didn't get Bowie on television and so that's
2: exactly right that's a good example yep that's a little later but you know still it's the same thing yeah yeah you'd watch okay the Rolling Stones are on Dean Martin did I like Dean Martin no I was a kid that was old you know old people's music you know yeah, I like a big pizza pie. No, that wasn't my thing. The Rolling Stones, all right. You know, so you sit and watch the Dean Martin show to see the Rolling Stones, or I love the Smothers Brothers, so that was not a hardship to watch. But you know what I mean? Sure. You uh, see these programs, and you know, you just watch it because you had to. Yeah. There was no no other choice.
0: Yeah, that's I mean I think is really an interesting piece of. It sort of the uh, sort of the current musical story that's missed—the idea that there was a time where everything rolled through three television networks and then a UHF channel or two in your in your city—and that so much in that the primary radio was usually AM—and uh, and, and so everybody had to kind of learn a little bit about a lot of things, and you really cherished the fact that if you got, you know. Three minutes of Bowie, even if it was him singing a uh, Christmas Carol, it was you know you got you know you got some Bowie time. You, you got to That's hear right. a, a, you got to see a Telecaster. I, I remember the same way watching Hee Haw, and there was a lot of yeah, you know, right. lots of That wasn't yeah, funny, like, you but liked you like
2: everything on
0: Hee Haw, no? Yeah, but you'd get periodically you you know, but when you got a Buck Owens song, you know, you had something there, and uh, you exactly,
2: know, and and then the stuff you liked really stood out because it wasn't all the same. Kind of stuff it was it, that's what i always liked about uh the, the bbc and stuff and we'd go to england right away we went there rick and i went in 68 and the radios sta- you know it's just there were two stations whatever bbc one and two or whatever you know so you'd go in you'd come in and that was the only thing you could hear and you'd come into the you know your hotel and the lobby they're playing the and the the top the hits it was the top 10 or top 20 was all over the place it was okay, your Saber Dance by uh, Dave Edmonds is number one, and then number two is some polka song, and then number three is some, you know, you know, just like it was, and so it was just one thing after another that didn't fit together at all, but that's all you could hear. So you heard, so it made the things that you liked really stand out. You know, you you hear Bing Crosby and Vic Damone, and then all of a sudden you hear, uh, you know, Buddy Holly or, you know, whatever it would be, you know, Chuck Berry, like, holy shit, that sounds good. You know, it's it definitely yeah. not a good in comparison. It wasn't all Chuck Berry, you know, the Chuck Berry station. Okay, after a while, you get sick of it. You know, like, it's all the same stuff, you know, right. sort of. So, I... But then, it was, I always liked that, where it was so diverse, you know, so it was kind of like how Beatles records were, you know, like, you know, the White Album. You've got Kelter Skelter, and you've got Oobla D, Da. They have nothing no relationship to each other those two songs sure same songwriter same group same same record because i always like that like yeah you know, like yeah i don't like that type of, but then as a it's a whole piece of work it works right like yeah that's cool and it makes helter skelter stand out it's like, holy shit you know and then you've got maxwell silver hammer and then you've got some other heavy song it's like wow it's it's like, yeah, I don't really like that so much. But then it's like, it made the things you do like stand out. And then eventually, like, wow, the bass part on Ladeel was oh, that's pretty freaking good. You, know, like, you start uh, picking uh. out other elements to see you
0: like, you know. So I want to ask one more question about the Christmas record, and I think we'll be in a good place for today. Yeah. One of the things I thought was interesting is, like, there were songs that sounded very clearly. Like you found, you know, like a Slade song made infinite sense for Cheap Trick. But I was wondering what did you have to do to make uh, a Ramon song make sense for cheap trick was that a that that sounds like you guys had to sort of pick a slightly different gear to make that song work uh
2: what, what was the song they did I remember the, um, the, track
0: Mary, the Merry christmas uh, I don't want to fight tonight um
2: oh yeah well I don't know it's just you know we thought the Ramones were great they were hilarious you know that their, their whole thing like you know they were kind of like the uh Shangri-Las or something, but right. on you know, on speed or whatever it was. Like it just and people just hated them. I mean, they, they you know at that time, not us. We thought it was cool. You know, right. yeah, you know, like the pistols and stuff. People just love to hate that stuff. It's unbelievable. You know, like wow, really? You know, and that stuff still holds up today. Yeah, you know, defense pistols. You see, they look. They could be walking around like that today. You know, you see, you know. It sure. didn't look like they were in ABBA or anything, you know, like, oh, my God, look yeah. at that ridiculous outfit. But, I mean, people just, it that wasn't a stretch for us. We thought, you know, we thought we sounded like the Ramones, too. That was not, that to us, that's yeah. nothing, you know, weird about it. We like that stuff. We, we can do that, you know.
0: Right. Thanks to Tom Peterson of Cheap Trick for the time and the talk. Cheap Trick's newest album, In Another World, is out now. They have been a touring machine since the start of their career. And now that quarantine is over, their tour schedule is mapped out from now until September 2022, when they'll visit 10 countries in North America and Europe, making up for lost time. Thanks to AF the Naysayer for the theme music, and thanks to you for listening. We'll finish with one more from Christmas Christmas. This is their version of Slade's classic. Merry Christmas, everybody. Talk to you next week.